Do you suffer from horrible TMJ pain? Have you tried everything to try to remedy it? Find out how botulinum neurotoxin can possibly be the big solution for you on today's episode of This Old Tooth. Hello, everyone. You are listening to episode number 43 of This Old Tooth a podcast devoted to providing you with honest, agenda-free information about how you can get and keep a beautiful, healthy smile for life. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Germain. On today's episode, I will complete my three-part series on Botox Unwrinkled and discuss the therapeutic uses of botulinum neurotoxin, also known as Botox, with a special emphasis on how it can help you decrease your TMJ pain. About 15 years ago, my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Lise Laflamme, and that is her real name, told me that she was going to get a little Botox. Lise is French-Canadian. She is elegant and gorgeous and avant-garde, but also brilliantly smart. And I'm here to tell you that is a deadly combination. Besides being an exceedingly skilled clinical dentist... She is my go-to person for fashion advice, makeup advice, hair advice, all things about nutrition, and the latest exercise craze. And with English being her second language, she occasionally mixes her uh, words up a little bit. For example, we once went to the grocery store and she ordered two pounds of chicken chest instead of chicken breast. And one time... When we were at a meeting and sharing a room, she asked if I could turn out the bulb light instead of the light bulb. It all adds to her ethereal charm. So when she said she was going to get a little Botox, I thought perhaps she was talking about getting a puppy or a kitten, or perhaps it was a scarf. I didn't know. A little what? I said. Because I had never heard the word before. Buttocks. I'm sitting on mine, with which she said, no, buttocks. I said, buttocks? Uh, what? (laughs) And so she explained, it will relax your wrinkles. At that point, I didn't care what she called it, I was in. So like most people, for a long time, I thought that Botox was just for cosmetic procedures. When I first discovered that it could help my patients who were having TMJ problems, though, I was really in. If you've listened to parts one and two of this series, then you know that the cosmetic use of Botox was actually a happy accident and not intentional, and that it was only after being used for many years as a therapeutic agent became a non-surgical conservative treatment for wrinkles. But believe it or not, the vast majority of Botox in medicine is actually used for therapeutics to treat overactive muscles and glands. Now, we already know that the happy accident that occurred that allowed us to know that it would smooth out our crow's feet happened when an eye doctor was treating a patient for something called strabismus, also known to us as being cross-eyed. And in addition to that, it is also widely used by eye doctors to treat blepharospasm, which is a fancy name for uncontrollable blinking. 
A 2016 study in the Journal of Women's Health found that it might help with chronic pain in the pelvic area. Specifically, Botox was shown to decrease discomfort stemming from pelvic floor muscle spasms. Hence, it has become extraordinarily useful in the field of gynecology. In the field of neurology, it is used in several ways. For example, patients with ALS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis tend to salivate a lot and not be able to swallow the saliva and tend to choke on it. Neurologists are therefore injecting it into the patient's salivary glands to decrease the salivary flow to provide comfort for these patients and to keep them from choking. And another happy accident that occurred when patients had their forehead wrinkles injected was that it was found to be very effective to treat migraine headaches. And it is now considered a frontline treatment for migraines. And along with its use in neurology, it is used in orthopedics, sports medicine, and rheumatology to treat muscle stiffness and chronic spasms like those caused by spinal cord injury, stroke, multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, and other demyelinating and musculoskeletal disorders. Urologists use it to treat overactive bladder. It is also widely used for treating involuntary movement disorders, such as dystonia, which is involuntary muscle movement that causes repetitive twisting motion or even tremor, and torticollis, which is a problem involving the muscles of the neck, which cause the head to tilt down or stay twisted to one side. These therapeutic uses really are just the tip of the iceberg because the therapeutic use of botulinum neurotoxin has become a very important treatment in modern medicine. So when I took a course on the therapeutic use of botulinum neurotoxin for TMJ problems, I was really skeptical about it. Now, if you're a regular listener, you probably have heard me say that if bruxing, which is grinding your teeth, were an Olympic sport, I would be a gold medal winner. So I am no stranger to TMJ pain. And to say that I have overactive chewing muscles is the understatement of the year. If I were just using them to chew my food, it would be one thing. But the overactivity starts when you use them for other things, like when you grind your teeth at night and you don't even know you're doing it. This puts so much stress on those muscles, not to mention the fact that it puts enormous stress on your teeth, that these muscles stay continually tight. Now, of course, when you're taking a course on how to do this, they tell you not to do it on yourself. So the first thing I did was take my little bottle of Botox up to my hotel room, and I injected my TMJ. Not exactly like Dr. Kerner did when he ate a little bit of spoiled sausage and gave himself botulism, but, you know, every now and again, you kind of have to take one for the team. Now, Botox takes a while to work, a week to 10 days. But I have to tell you, at the one-week mark, I was pain-free. I was shocked. It really worked. And since then... I have used it on many, many grateful patients to treat their painful TMJ symptoms. The diagnosis and treatment of TMD can be quite complex because many times there are multiple things going on 
that make the actual cause difficult to pinpoint. And sometimes the diagnosis is made by ruling out other sources of the pain. But if you have tried all other therapies that are recommended for TMJ problems, for example, heat, ice, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, splint therapy, and physical therapy, it is very possible that you could benefit from having botulinum neurotoxin injected into your chewing muscles. The particularly acute and painful types of TMD are usually of muscular origin. If you are constantly grinding and clenching while you are asleep, chances are those muscles are being overused. Over time, they will shorten. You will lose function of them. In other words, you might have a decreased ability to open your mouth or you might hear some clicking noises. And ultimately, you could have some pretty severe pain. Many times this pain is accompanied by an unexplained earache. And to say that it's a pain in the neck, well, yep, sometimes you have pain in your neck as well. The density of the head, I guess that means we have hard heads, makes this diagnosis a very complex process. And it is also quite common for a patient to describe the site where they are feeling pain and be totally unaware that the source is somewhere else. The referred pain phenomenon is caused by the fact that the nervous system in the head and neck is very complicated and kind of gets its wires crossed a bit. Toothache pain is among the most common form of oral facial pain, but once the tooth is ruled out as the cause, TMDs and headaches rise to the top of the list. The muscle spasms associated with TMD are caused by that hyperactivity of the muscles. And since Botox is great at relaxing muscles, a tiny painless injection could possibly keep the pain at bay for three months, and sometimes even longer. And now for a fun fact. About a third of each tooth is underneath your gums. This is why keeping your gums healthy is as important as making sure your teeth are well cared for. Your gums should always be pink and should not bleed when you brush them. If you have any questions about today's show or the series that I just presented to you, please don't hesitate to contact me on my website, thisoldtooth.com. Or if you have any questions about your dental health in general, you can do the same thing. I am happy to answer your questions and hopefully maybe even do a show around them and give you a shout out on the air. I hope you enjoyed today's show and I want to thank you for listening. And remember, be true to your teeth or they will be false to you. (laughs) 